Welcome back to another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Aaron here, joined by Mr. Two James. How are you? What's up? What's up? And joined by Mr. Silly Sellis. WrestleMania is here. Yay! And we're joined by our friends from the Attitude of Aggression Podcast. What's up to Dave and what's up to Gator? How are you guys doing? Hey guys, how's it going? Thank you so much for having us on the show and this uh, awesome build to WrestleMania this weekend. Ditto, ditto, ditto. We're fixing to have a good time. Wine and dine. Hit Dallas. Hit the big time. Ooh, yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be limousine riding, jet flying, Woo! Rolex stealing. <laughs> we were talking how of uh, Gator's Ric Flair fandom before we started recording. He's a huge Ric Flair fan. And you guys are going to see him on Sunday at like a pre-party, right? Yeah, he's doing some uh, tailgate party. Roughly a couple hours before the uh, festivities get going, and um, Gates may get arrested for molesting the man. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. I got I got, I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm trying Mr. to say trying to say look is Charlotte around anywhere to distract? No. All right. Well, Rick, you're in trouble. So that might know. not even work. Well, I, I saw that event listed too, and I was like, okay, so Ric Flair's gonna be at a bar before WrestleMania. I assume that he's managing Charlotte in her match. So that could Not get good. pretty hairy pretty quickly. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that, but you guys raised a very valid point. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm yeah. thinking about this from a management point of view, and I'm just like, that could go really entertainingly, but really poorly at the same time. So yeah, um, they're all, I'm sure WWE's like, look, Rick, you, you can't kiss Becky Lynch anymore. Okay? You definitely can't kiss, can't kiss Sasha either. Rick's like, oh, that's all. Uh, that's all. Uh, it's off the table now because I'm just going to be hammered by the time I get to the stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's. Not a At big... least it won't make two chains mad this time. Yeah. Becky getting kissed again. <laughs> well, um, two chains. You got mad about that? If there's anybody that's going to jail, she if she's having any type of pre-party or after show or or anything where I could be an arms reserver, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long weekend for me in the house. <laughs> We're gonna probably have a brawl within our own crew because he okay. lo- he's in love with Becky and D Wayne, who's not with us tonight, is in love with Sasha Banks, and those two oh, have I'm argued a lot. Me. How can you not be in love with Sasha? She's a hell of a lady. Yes, yes. I agree. Um, well, before we before Let's not we forget about Emma, that's true. I'm really happy that Emma's booked on the card. I'm I'm very happy for that. We'll we'll definitely get to that. <laughs> so we <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we um we covered kind of the undercard on episode 72 um just a few days ago. Um, so what we're gonna do on this episode with the guys from Attitude of Aggression is give our predictions and our thoughts on the three main events plus the AJ Styles Chris Jericho match that was just announced last night. But before we get to all that, it's Eva Marie Mania in Dallas coming up here shortly, guys. And just go around the horn. Anyone that wants to chime in, there's been nothing but complete negative feedback. I'm actually excited to see Eva Marie. My I wife, am too. My wife I and I watch too. Total Divas. We may not be her biggest fan, but my wife's actually a huge Natty fan. She's really excited Natty's on the card. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with seeing Eva Marie. I'm not saying that she's going to serve the purpose of getting a baby face reaction for that team, but maybe she'll turn on the team and screw them over. That could be fun. There's no, there's, first of all, when <laughs> the mysterious, uh, who was the fifth person was going to be, and once I seen the hashtag Total Divas, I was like, all right, this is definitely about to be Eva Marie coming out because um, I didn't think that uh, Nikki was ready yet, so I definitely thought it was going to be Eva Marie. So no surprise there, but... Then I started thinking about it. I was like, all right, there's a lot of faces on this team, or they're all faces, and what you're going to add to Super Heel to the team. So at the end of the day, this match is a big episode of Total Divas. That's it. Go ahead, Gage. Bringing Eva Marie Heat, you know, that just brings a whole new aspect 
And like we forgot about the Vicky heat. This is going to be a whole bigger level of heat. <laughs> and I just want to see how all this is just going to react. So I'm very excited to see Eva Marie in there. Whether it's so many botches or it's going to be a good match. It's on the pre-show. Oh, it is going to be a great, great epic fest to have on there. But the one thing I can say about Eva Marie, though, is I hope this time around she actually mounts offense. I love the classic Eva Marie NXT appearance where she basically just gets her butt handed to her by whoever's in the ring um, just awaiting the hot tag. I mean, she gets absolutely zero offense in. I understand y'all hate the girl, but maybe you could work her heel heat a little more if you let her at least get a punch in. Maybe a slap. I don't know. Maybe a little small package. Something like that. I'm hoping to see her display a little bit of offense. In WrestleMania, the gal's <laughs> taking enough heat; she deserves it. Let's <laughs> just so, so she don't end up like a bystander, like how Lana was doing this little shuffle, where like Lana did like a super kick, then kind of like stood up to the side, like, "Well, I'll reach my maximum potential, and that'll be it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a I, nice kick though, but two chains. It was. Right oh, it was. She gotta get some gear. <laughs> Oh, it's a be- it's a beautiful kick. I just like seeing her sit on the announce table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Eva Marie is going to be wow. I, you know that that crowd in Dallas with all those people, and WrestleMania tends to be at least half hardcore. So, yeah, she should get a pretty uh, a pretty interesting reaction, I would imagine. Oh but, yeah, a little Southern hospitality there. The other thing. Yeah. That kind of came mixed out today. Southern, mixed with Southern hostility. Yeah, no kidding. Um, what came out today, too, was it seems that this is going to be among four pre-show matches on the two-hour pre-show. It was announced, I guess, on Raw last night. I must have missed that when I was falling asleep. Was that uh, Ryback Kalisto is on the pre-show. You have this 10 Divas tag. You have the Battle Royal. And then um, the Usos and the Dudleys. So you have four matches on the pre-show. That's pretty unprecedented, unless I'm forgetting something. No, I don't think you are. But think this way, Aaron. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I don't think you're missing anything. I don't remember. What did we have last year? Two. Two mm. matches on the pre-show. Two. And now you got twice as much this year, which is going to cut our partying with Ric Flair short a little bit. So Yeah. Maybe. But Maybe. Think about For it you, perhaps. For you. ESPN's having coverage, and isn't the pre-show going to be on USA for the first hour? The Battle Royal part is, yeah, I think the first hour. And, yeah, ESPN's going to have, like, a sports center desk, kind of like what they do at Monday Night Football. They're going to be set up, like, in the uh, the stadium, from what I read today. Steve Young, what's your take on this? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to do that. Hey, Kenny Maine, what do you think of this uh, Divas tag team? Kenny? You yeah, Trent Dilfer, you think Ambrose got the right stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, please. I hope wrong, it happens. Have, you, At least I'm happy you guys have 49ers and two 49ers quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to have Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith debating Roman Reigns versus Triple H. That'll be classic. Yeah. And then they're going to have special guest, special guest pundit Johnny Manziel covering the event today. Yeah, exactly. Johnny, what do you think of Johnny? Where's, where's Johnny? He's, he's, <laughs> he's in the man. Divas locker room, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> or hanging with Rick Flair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, let's um let's get into these matches, you guys. The the big four matches we haven't talked about yet. We'll start with AJ and Jericho. I guess I'm unsure of what's left to be said here, other than I think we all know AJ needs to get put over, and I'd like to think they reserved that fourth or fifth gear that they didn't put out there in the first three encounters for WrestleMania. Um, exactly. I, I hope so, at least. It, what, what me and Dave have been discussing in our program is uh, our fear with this match is the fact that perhaps there are no more bullets left in the gun, uh, so to speak. Sure. Yeah, I mean, how do they, how do they top that match at Fastlane? Exactly. That's going to be hard. These guys are both phenomenal athletes. I think the reason that they've been doing this whole Chris Jericho teasing him and not officially granting the match himself, uh, it's just been a cover to keep them from being in the ring together in combat up until WrestleMania. Uh, because as you guys said, you know, we've seen this match before. We're all just collectively hoping that they've reserved uh, that extra gear. So we'll see. But I mean, I do agree AJ Styles needs to go over and I think he gets his first WrestleMania moment. Yeah, it's just a question of how he gets there because Styles Clash. Yeah, I, I don't know what else. What else? Yeah, Styles Clash. Yes. There you go. <laughs> but he see that's the thing though. I mean, he did all that at, at Fastlane, and it wasn't enough to put Jericho down. So what? What do they have left to to show us? That's going to be. I mean, it's WrestleMania, so 
They're going to do something different. Maybe Jericho breaks out a new line. Instead of saying, you stupid, stupid man, he does something else. Maybe. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's the extra gear. That'd be refreshing. I'd like to think that we see AJ get a little more aerial. Like, he, him and Nakamura had such a great match at Wrestle Kingdom, and I don't think we've seen AJ quite break out all he's truly capable of yet. You saw it a little bit in the tag match with New Day in Chicago where he hit that 450 springboard off of the rope. I would like to think that we see mm-hmm. some right. stuff like that at WrestleMania because I guess what, I, what I'm hoping for here, and maybe you guys are too, is some, some real good just straight wrestling because there's a lot of gimmicky matches on this card and this would exactly. be a nice way to break that up a little bit. Well, this is probably the purest match on the card. Maybe the only match that really has a shot of uh, of cracking, like, you know, the list of the greatest matches of all time at WrestleMania. All sure. the rest of them, probably not. But this one has the potential to do that. It's just a question of whether, I mean, Styles can bring it. I think Jericho has got enough left in the tank for, you know, this one great match at WrestleMania here. So I'm excited about it. I'm just curious, okay, what else can they do that we haven't seen before? You know, is is Jericho going to do something crazy like a Phoenix Splash and Styles will catch him in mm. midair and hit him with the Styles Clash or something Ooh. crazy like that? Now, that would be fun. That's some good booking. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would require Jericho to kind of leave his comfort zone a little bit. But, you know, something like that would be, make for a WrestleMania moment. For sure. But, Dave and Gator, let me ask you this because this is what I'm thinking about this match. Like you said, these guys have touched before, and anytime these two of great veterans in the ring touch, it's going to be a good match. But we need to see stuff we haven't seen before. But this is the missing link that I'm wondering. Where would you place this card in the line of matches at Mania? Do you want to put it closer to the main event side? Do you want to put it, you know, closer to opening the show? Where do you think is the best placement for this match? Definitely closer to opening the show. I think uh, if not the opening match, I I have a suspicion they're going to do like last year and do the ladder Mm -hmm. match for the IC title first. But I would not be upset at all if they save that for like mid card and put Styles and Jericho right at right at the beginning. Because you want to have probably your your most you know your strongest pure match either first off the card or somewhere in the first three matches. So I'm expecting this match to go off early. What do you think, Gates? I ditto to everything you said. I concur with that. I, I trust it's going to be a strong match. Put it up front. I think the big three that we're going to discuss uh, should have enough fireworks to where uh, it won't need it won't need the boost of this match uh, next to them in the booking order. Yeah, it's it's tough. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, I would say 15 minutes, and I, I agree with what you guys said. I think it's tough if you start the show with a big gimmicky match like what they did last year because I'm pretty sure Orton and Rollins went on second, but I can't even really remember because, like, they did. Whatever, yeah, they did. whatever they goes did. on next, it's just tough to kind of compete with all that stuff. Right. Well, why don't we get into the main events now? Um, I guess we'll start with, with Brock and Dean in the no-holds-barred street fight. I don't know why they need to put both of those names in it, but they really want us to let us let us know it's going to be gimmicky and bloody and violent. Um, we saw Dean fill up his wagon of tricks in Raw in what some people didn't really like that segment. I thought it was kind of comical and entertaining. Um, a lot of people's perspective on this match is that Dean's going to It's not a matter of if Dean's going to lose. It's just in what capacity is he going to be left at the end of this. Uh I almost wonder, is there any shot Dean has in winning this? Like, could you see a scenario where Dean is victorious and overcomes all the odds? I can definitely see a scenario where Dean is uh, victorious and overcomes the odds. Um, My reasoning is just based on the storyline. I think uh, there were a lot of uh, wrestling fanboys uh, at Fastlane that wanted to see Dean Ambrose go over there and get the title shot because they felt that he was deserving of it. No one can deny that his character with the fans, as far as face he goes, is definitely hotter uh, than than Roman Reigns. So it just seems like Dean Ambrose has kind of been the odd man out. And because he's been the odd man out, because he's been the fall guy, um, he's been the foil in the storyline at the top, that he gets his payoff um, – in, in a victory against in a victory against Brock Lesnar. Now, the question is, I think the big the bigger question is here is, did they make this a hardcore match in order to make it look more realistic? Because we all know that Dean Ambrose is going to get dominated in a one on one physical confrontation, or did they make it a hardcore match to justify giving Dean Ambrose a victory? That's my question. That's a great, great question point. too, because and we'll find that answer out, I guess, very soon. Yeah, I thought when they first announced this match, my initial reaction to the street fight was, well, 
That makes sense. This is the only plausible way that Dean Ambrose can beat Brock Lesnar. I mean, if it's one-on-one, straight-up, normal match, no chance in hell. But, not <laughs> quote, quoting same. Vince, but uh, otherwise, you know, in this sort of environment where Dean can use all these weapons to his advantage, it, it at least raises the possibility that he could hit Brock with something strong enough to stun him long enough for him to get a three count and then get out of there. Um, but is there a chance Dean could win? Sure, there is. But the question is, you know, does the mystique of Brock Lesnar suffer greatly if he loses to Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania? Not at all. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I do. He's so over as a heel or a face, and with Paul Heyman, it really doesn't matter what type of wins or losses he's taken over the last two years. Yeah. He's even really overcame the fact that he's like been kind of like halftime, and nobody really looks at him as a halftime wrestler. It's just his significance and I guess his appeal um, and his gear, just and just Paul Heyman just makes him just so over, just um, just a standard to the WWE universe that everybody's perfectly fine with him just being there, no matter what the matches were. I guess we have to be we have to be kind of cautious of our expectations of. If Brock's going to lose, because maybe you guys can help me remember another loss. I know he's lost, not cleanly, though. Either someone else took the pinfall on a triple threat or, you know, Undertaker hit him in the junk or whatever. But I don't think the last time he well, lost clean, you have to go all the way back to WrestleMania 29, right? But even then, right. didn't Sean kind of help Triple H in that match right, a little that bit, was, too? That was similar to this kind of match. It was an Extreme Rules, you know, match against Triple H. And what, Triple H pedigreed him on the steps and put him out. Yeah. Um, so there is precedent for Brock to be beaten in that kind of fashion. I mean, I'm almost thinking that this is one of these uh, this is one of be one of these feel good moments where Dean gives it all he has and you think he and they tease him winning numerous times, but Brock's just too big of a beast to be put down. And maybe when it's all over, he just looked down at Dean and helps him up and just kind of says, You're all you know, this I'll you're all right, kid. You know, you gave it your all, and then and then they both kind of walk out of there. Don't you think that permanently hinders his character, though? I don't and know, man. That immediate, that memory in, in the conscience of the WWE universe just, I feel like, immediately takes him out of the world championship contention But is it while. any different than Undertaker giving John Cena that stamp of approval all those years ago, saying, good job, kid, you know, that kind of thing? Because I don't point. know. I mean, it is out of character for Brock, but maybe they're trying to endear him to the fans just a bit more, since Brock is kind of this this rarefied position where it doesn't matter whether he's babyface or heel, the fans are going to cheer him anyway. Well, what Two Chains said said on a, a couple episodes ago, because we had brought up this exact same point, what if Paul Heyman was the one that gave him props at the end? It wouldn't hurt Brock, and Paul Heyman has enough credibility with the fans that you know that might be a nice rub for Dean by proxy. But would he do that on Monday night, or would he do it right after the match? I think he should do it right after the match. That's a moment. Yeah. Cena style, like what he did with Cesaro. Right. Either if it's either either if it's like immediately or if it's one of those like like you know yeah, at, yeah, as like one, rain, one minute, two minutes, something. But returns and and you know give his props to him. Definitely, my definitely only thing about this match. Needs. Not that he really needs, my only thing but about definitely this. that was solidified. Right. My only thing about this match, I just hope it doesn't go longer than 10 minutes because this match needs to be high-paced. It does not need to slow down at all because one thing that I'm a little bit upset about, since the arena is so big, you can't go outside too much. You can't even go through that little aisleway that the Cowboys normally run out because I think it just takes too long to get one of a spot during those points. And you don't want this match to slow down the pace of the show if you're expecting this to be one of the big main event matches. And I'm assuming they'll probably go back-to-back main event matches here at this point. So I think this match doesn't need to go more than 10 minutes as a slow down the pace because you got to think we're going to get a lot of gimmick matches in a four-hour spot fans tend to get tired like that if you have too much spacing time where nothing's going on in these type of extreme rule matches so that's what i'm a little bit worried about i think the match will be good though i just want to make sure the pacing is still good for 10 minutes one other uh, question i have about this match maybe something you gentlemen can discuss here is uh does this match do they do these gentlemen have to draw blood do they have to give us some color i think i think they do because you can't have you can't tease a chainsaw. Although I don't expect anyone to get any limbs shot, sawed off, and, uh, yeah, right. yeah. and a baseball yeah. bat with barbed wire, and not. Um, I think that the ante gets upped a little bit and a little bit and a little bit throughout the match, much like a match ten years ago that I attended WrestleMania 22, Edge and McFoley, 
it just things got a little bit crazier and a little bit crazier, and then it was a crescendo with the spear through the flaming table. But yeah, I think there's going to need to be some color. I think it's unrealistic to to not. Um, and we've seen a little bit of color on WWE TV lately. Triple H was bleeding yeah. out the back of his head, whether that was intentional or not. And Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns had the yeah. So <laughs> I I think there should be, but I, w- I wouldn't put it past them to try and work around it. I really I hope they yes don't too. work around it. I mean, these I think these hardcore matches they're just a little lame. Uh, if there's no color drawn, I'm thinking of when uh, Tommy Dreamer came back recently and formed Team Extreme, and they were going against the Wyatts. I mean, and those hardcore matches just had absolutely no blood. It just looked like a bunch about, of grown men playing with props. Think yeah. about all the color Brock drew. <laughs> think about all the color Brock drew last year. Yeah, I mean, he did it the hard way, probably, but mm-hmm. still, you know, if he if he's going to do that against Roman Reigns in the main event, I imagine that Brock is. You know, Damn it, Brock! We can't have that blood. And Brock's gonna be like, "Sorry, Vince, I'm gonna cut myself." So. Yeah. <laughs> Fire me! Yeah, I got, I got a, I got a real intriguing question. Do you think Bring this match on. was booked in order to display the infrastructure of Jerry World? <laughs> just Ooh. to show, all, just to show all the stuff in there. Like, I, I, and the reason I, I say that is because when you look at when you when you look at the Cowboys game, you know they had cheerleaders out on limbs, and you know they had their tunnels and their media uh, displays all around. And every time you watch a game, there's somehow in, in some way always focuses on it. And I just wonder, was this match book to absolutely show the infrastructure of Jerry World? I would I would not put it beyond I would not put it beyond old Jerry to do something like well, that. Well, you know Jerry and Vince sitting together in the uh, in the press box, and Jerry's like, okay, right over there, Vince. That'd be a good spot for something, and <laughs> showing a whole lot. Yeah. And and then over there is a really good place. We can hook up a few things, and Vince is like, all right, Jerry, yeah, that 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 could work. That could work. The problem is, like you guys said, the place is so big that yeah. cash <laughs> rules everything. Unless we have like a twenty day. minute match, it's it's going to be difficult to. Uh, Oh, they're down in the boiler room of Cowboy Stadium, and they go, Troy, Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach are playing poker or something, and you're like, what is going on down here? Oh, my gosh. I just want to see him wield the chainsaw and just completely carve up that tunnel that they, the players run through every game, that big, long tunnel where the fans congregate. Just, oh, yeah. just have him just carve that up, and Jerry's like having a heart attack up in the owner's box. <laughs> How obnoxious is that? Freaking yeah, Jerry Fox saying, Yeah, here's a chainsaw. Hey, <laughs> turn on WrestleMania. Someone's chainsawing a guy. Oh, my God. Christ. <laughs> yeah, did you see WrestleMania? They killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, they killed a guy. <laughs> what are you possibly going to do? I'd be like, You know, Terry, I think you're missing the point of all of this. I appreciate the gesture, but let's go ahead and put the chainsaw away, pal. Let's go ahead and put the chainsaw away. You go over to Michael Cole, and he's like, well, that escalated very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah. He, he, he stabbed a guy in the heart with a trident, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're going to have to Shout lay low Anchorman. for a while. Shout out, Anchorman. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, I think we can all agree, then, that that's going to be a pretty entertaining match for whatever it ends up being. Um, probably not going to steal the show, but it could. I just... I really hope it's done properly in a way that treats Dean Ambrose with respect moving forward because we're probably not going to see Brock a whole lot until SummerSlam after this, but we're going to see Dean every week. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think Brock wins this match. I think Dean gives it everything he's got and then some. And, I mean, it'd be great if they both draw color, then that's something that you remember because I can't remember Dean really drawing color in a match yet. No, I can't otherwise. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think Brock, I, at first, when they first announced this, I said, I think Dean's going to win this thing. But I just, you know, I, I, over the past few weeks, I think they've kind of scaled back on the, on this push they were giving Dean a little bit. And, and I just, mm-hmm. it's so, you know, to, to go out on a limb and t- take such a leap of faith and says, say that Dean's going to beat Brock, you know, you've really got to go out on a limb and say, yeah, that's going to happen. Cause yeah. It just doesn't seem likely or, or plausible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's. I, I guess I'm not. I'm not quite sure what match of the two that remain to be discussed that we should talk about next. You know, on our podcast, we typically save the main event for the final segment. And seemingly, yeah, but good luck figuring out which one's the main event. Well, that, that's, that's my <laughs> thing. Is, yeah, while they're advertising, each time they come out, they say this is the main event, and I'm like, I hope they know they're contradicting each other. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, it seems based on everything we've been told on TV, you're going to have Roman Reigns and Hunter go on last, but. If you think about which matches has the most hype and the most intrigue with the fans that are going to be in that building, I would say it's the cell match. 
exactly. Here's a question I, I have for you guys, though. Are the two matches linked together? That's Yes, I was about to bring that up, too. So. Yep. If they're going to do a Roman Reigns heel turn, then I think these two matches have to be linked together. So which one do you put first, and which one do you put last? I think you have to put the title match first. I mean, if you link them together, I think the yeah. title match would just set up perfectly for the cell match where you can keep everybody or all the parties out there. You can keep Triple H out there. You can keep Roman out there. You might bring some other superstars that might be involved in this match. So I think the title match has to set up first. Now, if it's linked together, wouldn't that make most sense for Triple H to retain, even though you might have a heel turn? I, You know, I'm kind of thinking that if they really want to give the maximum payoff, what you do is you have Roman Reigns win, you beat, have him beat Triple H, and it looks like everything's just you know flowing along. Oh, they're just going to ram this stuff down. The Rock will get involved or something like that to make people right. kind of semi-happy. And then you have Roman Reigns screw over everybody, including The Undertaker, align himself <laughs> with Shane as the new authority. I think that's at the end of all this. Because when he says, I'm the new authority, and I just keep thinking, is that lip service or is there something more to this new authority thing? Because... You know, you watched that stuff last night, and Roman Reigns comes out to attack Triple H, and that Brooklyn crowd had wanted they wanted nothing to do with Roman Reigns. Oh, parts. D- Dallas is going to be ten times. I mean, I was in Santa Clara last year when Roman Reigns came out, and they hated the guy. Yeah. And this is going to be even worse. So I think you want to draw the maximum heel heat possible on Roman. Have him beat Triple H as a babyface, and then have him screw over the Undertaker potentially ending his WrestleMania career. I mean, Shane could come back the next night and say, ah, I'm reinstating The Undertaker anyway. But um, <laughs> that's kind of where they, they've got – I can't imagine that they're just going to – I mean, just to just go plowing forward. We're not going to deviate course. All these people are going to hate the biggest baby face in the company. Uh, you're going to have 110,000 people booing the hell out of him at the end of this thing. I don't think you want to go – I mean, if you're going to go off the air like that, have them boo him for a good reason. Exactly. And that is you've just hosed The Undertaker. You've allowed Shane McMahon to win. And now, you know, and, and that that you can stick it to Vince and the authority one last time. I think it I think Ooh. that has to I think that has to happen. As you've mentioned, nobody wants anything to do with Roman Reigns as far as putting him over as a face except for, you know, little teen girls and lonely mothers. The fact that you because you're trying to get with those teen girls and lonely mothers. <laughs> That should go on a T-shirt, Gator. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Oh, you guys, you guys should have seen us at, at L.A. and Hell in the Cell when uh, Roman is out of gates, is screaming his brains out for Roman. I'm like looking at him, like you don't even like him that much. He's like, yeah, but these girls behind me do. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> So you gentlemen know where I'll be, you know, where I'll have my cards behind uh, in WrestleMania. <laughs> the thing here, the thing here, though, is, like I said, no one wants to get behind Roman Reigns like the real nucleus. I think uh, creative, even though they spit in the in the face of the you know collective universe as often as they do, even though they do that, they recognize that it's just too little too late if they're going to try to get Roman yeah. Reigns over as a face. People want nothing to do with it. I think now, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. We're looking at Shane, and like Dave was saying, I think them bringing back Shane essentially was just a way to bridge this gap. We can't get him over, but at least we can get this title change um, to, to justify... We, we can get this title change to serve as, as a backdrop for the change of authority. Sure. I think there's some... I think uh, Shane McMahon is not really a paper tiger. I think there's a lot of uh, non-kayfabe realness to Shane McMahon taking over Raw. I think Shane's behind... I, I believe you. you. Don't you believe so? I think he's going to yeah, have a lot too, more yeah. active of a role in determining uh, the right. creative direction. Well, if you listen to Stephanie McMahon on ESPN talking about how having Shane yeah. around has been, I mean, non-kayfabe has been a big deal for her. You know, it's her big brother who's taught her a lot about the business. So she's sure. appreciative to having Shane around. So, yeah. In a non-kayfabe sense, Shane's involvement, he's not going away. Well, yeah. But from a from a storyline perspective, yeah, flip Shane and Roman heel. Yeah. And that, there you go. There, Go off the air like that. How many more years can we withstand a scene Vince McMahon with the ref shirt with the arm sleeves cut out? Yeah, I know right. it's just, there's, you know, eventually it's like, Vince, give it up. Well, and the one, hey, the I'll one, still take five more years of it. It looks <laughs> good on the man. The one thing. That's true. It does. The one thing we're not really talking about, although Dave, you alluded to it um, at the beginning of this discussion, and I, I agree completely with what you're saying, these two matches most likely will be linked, is you mentioned The Rock. I think it's very purposeful that they haven't really said at all what he's doing. It's just he's going exactly. to make history. 
I, I mean, The Rock could serve a number of roles if you really want to get Roman Reigns heat. Having him turn on The Undertaker, you know, go full-fledged shield, that's one thing. But have him turn on his blood, The Rock, that could be yeah. quite another thing, too. And then maybe your main event in Orlando next year is Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Wasn't something on Twitter that said something to The Rock, how would you ever feel if you ever faced Roman Reigns? Maybe I misread it somewhere, but I thought something on Twitter even asked The Rock that or was an article about that. Yeah, he... It was mentioned at some point, but, you know, nothing with great clarity. But I I feel like The Rock, talking about making history, you're not going to make history bringing Ronda Rousey out again. You're not going to make history coming out, cutting a promo with, like, Cena and Austin, who, you know, if they trot Hogan out, which we know that's not happening... I just I feel like The Rock might play a significant role here in, in either getting heat on him or somehow getting him over if they're really that stubborn and I'd like to think that they're not cuz the last two WrestleManias they've you know they've kind of have been on their will a little bit with Seth Rollins or with Daniel Bryan. Right. Yeah, and I mean there is pr- I mean they did triple powerbomb The Rock through <laughs> something or they triple powerbomb The Rock when they were the Shield so Roman and The Rock have been at odds with each other, but see, like, you know, they tried to use the rock to get Roman over in Philadelphia at the rumble, what, two years ago. Yeah. And, yep. and that didn't yep. work at all. And they, and even the rock got booed for that. So he drew heel heat for that. And he didn't so even you think try. It's, you think if rock comes back, it's more likely that he turns on Roman reigns or the Roman opposite, turns on him. The opposite. I was about to say, because he, he, when he came back, he even did that whole family angle with the Usos. Right. Well, let's take this yeah. a step further. Cause you guys raise a good point. The rocks involvement. What's Austin's involvement. What's Shawn Michaels' involvement? In I mean, you've got you've got a lot of combustible oh. elements that you can throw into that last whichever wherever the main, the title match goes. Has there been as much of a precedent though to predict a Stone Cold Triple H involvement as there has been for a Rock involvement, or is that just wishful thinking? No, but I think it's wishful it, thinking in a way. But I would love to see it. But it's just wishful oh, of course. When that uh, glass breaks, I'll I'll just go ape. Yeah, no, the whole place will. Texas. Yeah, the whole arena will. Whole stadium will. Yeah, I'll be in tears, hugging strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Already like drunk, of course. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, but, you, but you know, those guys are going to be involved, and, and they've been, you know, they've been pimping the rock pretty hard this whole time, but not saying anything about what he's doing. You know, I figure on the on the pre-show, what they're going to do is they're going to say, "We've got a surprise for you guys here tonight." Rock Austin four, and they'll just say, "Oh, okay. What? Wait, what was that?" Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, huh? What, what just happened? And, oh my god! And all of a sudden, it's a sellout. So, but no. I think the Rock. I mean, I don't believe they would have such a grand entrance where he comes back to Miami. He takes up all of that time. He basically puts down the New Day, which was you know kind of the premium entertainment act back then, and still is today. Yeah. I don't think he would bring him back in such a grand fashion just to have him go, "Hello." We're back again. I mean, they're, if, if they're going to go this route where Shane McMahon presents the new authority and, and that's the new big uh, bad guy on the block, I could easily see Rock putting that over in a big way, coming back and saying, you know, I'm this Hollywood superstar now. I got money in the bank. I don't need allegiance to Vince McMahon anymore. I'm here to put over the new blood. I think if he's going to be back, it has to be significant. He's not just going to be the Vanna White of 2016. That's an interesting point. What if it's the Rock who actually, like, assists Roman in taking down Triple H, and then now you've got this new authority of Shane, the Rock, and Roman Reigns, and it would be like old times all over and, and, again, and Triple it, H and The Rock. Corporation. Well, yeah, they called yeah, the corporations what they, they would and do. And then when Seth gets healthy, he lines up on Triple H's side to try and take these guys down as the new white knight. Because Seth's going to come back as a baby face, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, there's. I, I commend WWE. As lame as this card seems on the surface, there may very well be a lot more to this than, than any of us are anticipating. I never thought well, I mean, it was... Are we hoping or, or do we think it's really going to happen? Oh, oh I think it's really going to happen. Oh, no, we're hoping. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we're hoping. He yeah, thinks I'm it's really going to happen. I'm really hoping, but they've let us down so many times. But this yes. is WrestleMania. Look, I... this is WrestleMania, and they do tend to, um, to throw everything out there for WrestleMania. I mean, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins coming out of nowhere. They, only... can't, they can't go and end the show... With Roman Reigns being the champion, being booed by 110,000 people, and think, yeah, that's how we want to close down the largest event in the history of wrestling, in the history of anything. Jerry Jones won't be happy. Oh, Jerry Jones will be like, what is this crap? I'm 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 
thinking it's going to happen because who could have guessed a week before Fastlane that we would even be in this situation right here with Shane McMahon returning? Right. Who would yeah, have thought no, that? Nobody following? saw that coming. Yeah. So I think so. I think yeah. somebody got into somebody's ear and creative and said, you know what? You need to throw this the kitchen sink at this thing because when you have just these boos raining upon uh, our main event at Royal Rumble and raining upon our main event at uh, at Fastlane. Which Fastlane was worse because it was just pure indifference. Then something needs to be done. Right. So I, I think uh, I, I really think they're going to go all in. But here's the other thing: Do you think that Vince has a whole an ace up his sleeve somewhere? Because the look he was had on his face after Shane says, "I'm taking this from you," told me Vince is thinking, "I need a backup plan. I need Plan B just in case Taker can't get the job done." Well, I think there's going to be a bunch of different people potentially trotted out there during that match. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I, I think. Let me ask you guys this. I don't think you set up this stipulation with Shane, like, potentially having control of Raw and just, you know, it's kind of like introducing chaos to the establishment as we've seen it for the last three years or so. I think Shane has to win. Like, I don't see I don't see any good in the Undertaker Taker winning. Like, no one's excited about that as much as we love seeing the Undertaker every March or April. It doesn't right, but, do anything. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, are they going to really are they really going to end his WrestleMania career here? No. Uh, in a match against Shane, I, I can't imagine that's the way it's going to be going down. But, I, I mean, I think maybe it will be as far as storyline goes, and then they'll pull something to bring him back. Yeah, because you want to see him. I think you want to see him and Cena next year is what they were going to do this year, and I think they still want to do that match. Or Sting, if he actually can come back from that's, one match, and that's an option on the table as well. Absolutely, I guess. Does I just, Sting get involved in this match? Yeah, that, that's the <laughs> other option. Is, is Sting healthy enough to get involved in this match? But don't be surprised if Undertaker do, does just take the L. He's he Undertaker is a company man. He's a team player. I mean, there are stories of yep. him, you know, in, in backroom meetings, getting on Shawn Michaels' case, going, "Darn it, it's not all about you." I mean, Undertaker. For Christ's sakes, he let the Wyatts carry him out in a crucified position. Yeah. So I mean, it is not beyond Undertaker to take the big L. Yeah, that's no. all I'm saying. Yeah, I would think that Shane somehow wins. It's it's just it's not a prima donna. I mean, if Shane loses, and then then what really changes, right? Not only what How changes, you, but that's what you really just, get on there. If you're gonna have Roman Reigns win, I don't think you can also have Shane lose. That's just not. That's completely unacceptable to me. <laughs> I'm flying. Right. I'm, I'm say spending a lot of money and flying many miles to see this. I I don't want to have my weekend peak on Friday with Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. <laughs> it might. I mean, it might. I'm gonna probably have tears running down my face when Nakamura comes out. He's like legit my favorite, and I I can't tell you guys how much it means to me that we're gonna be there for that match. I'm so pumped. Well, so let let me just kind of ask you guys, since I, I know you you guys probably have already previewed NXT, but just curious, um, who wins, Finn Balor or Samoa Joe? Because I've called that the loser gets called up match. Yeah, we yep. we really spent a lot of time on that one on our preview episode, which was episode seventy one. We all said Finn ba- I, Balor, I think, didn't we, guys? No, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I went Joe. You went Joe. And I went Joe. Um, and I think. That they feud a little bit longer and make a bigger match at SummerSlam, but like I said, it really depends on, like I said, who who what they want to do as far as as far as people um, being called up. I think injuries play a big deal here because at some point they're going to say like we need stardom on the main roster, but with, mm-hmm. with Finn Balor, you just don't waste him on a Raw. Like when he gets called up, he he gets called up automatically on the pay per view. Yeah. So. I think the stage for him is SummerSlam for sure. If, it's, if, if the time is ticking on him, SummerSlam is definitely for him. I don't think you, I don't think you let him have NXT for another year. Well, and what I but, said on what I said on that episode was that I think it doesn't matter if he still has the belts or not because we saw, you know, there's a Kevin precedent Owens. for that. Kevin Owens had the title for a significant that's, time after his true. call up, and I was telling the guys, you know, they have a big another big takeover. I guess Takeover Brooklyn Part Two coming up SummerSlam weekend, I think two chains are going to try to be there and maybe sell us as well. I said, uh-huh. I told the guys the biggest match that they can do looking at just kind of the NXT brand is Nakamura versus Finn Balor for the title. Yeah. 
That is the biggest match that they can possibly do. You know, we talked about maybe having a Tommy and um, Nakamura for the title at some point with that Japanese heritage kind of thing put into it, but Lord knows when a Tommy's coming back. But yeah, he's not doing so well. That was kind of what I think we, you know, we could see it go either way. But I, I think Two Chains might have been the only Joe guy, but I could just as easily see Joe win too. I got to ask you guys, or, then, who or if Joe, if Joe loses, then. Definitely, Joe comes right up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Immediately, yeah. 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 So I got to ask you guys, Asuka and Bailey, who wins that one? We, ha, we all win. We were dying over that one, too. That's a tough we're one. We're all the predicament. We, no, it's going to be a the, great match. Not we, the call-up aspect, but it's the same predicament where right, nobody right. really gets hurt on their loss here. Yeah. Um, but at some point, you know, you start thinking towards SummerSlam. <laughs> Bailey's, it's about time for Bailey to be coming up. And actually with, uh, you know, Emma and even Marie making appearances too, that it seems to be that they're a little bit more open to people maybe doing both NXT and the main roster. So that's a possibility as well. But definitely um, the one thing I said is that because of how um, Bailey and Finn Balor's been kind of like tag team doing at house shows and yep. stuff and yep. the gimmicks that they're pulling together and promos and stuff together – it's either they're a package deal. So if one comes up, they James. both come up. Or if they're one lose the belt, the other one lose the belt. Because yeah. that's kind of been how they've been flowing in. Like, hey, this is my fake girlfriend or my wife, but, you know, we've both got the belts, you know? Well, in the way... And I see that SummerSlam being a pot spot for that. I mean, I think I think really Bailey needs to carry the belt a little bit longer just to develop somebody else. Because yep. you've got Eva Marie uh, coming up like this for Mania. And you got Emma doing the same thing, re coming back to the main roster. I think Bailey needs to develop some of the up and coming young NXT talent, and I think she just needs to hold on for just a little bit longer. I think she needs to hold on all the way to at least Brooklyn because if you take Bailey off of the NXT women's scene now, even with Oscar, there's like nobody left. And I think Oscar nope. works such a nice, a nice natch. Her work rate almost leans heel just because of how violent it is. What I think yeah, they should right. do, have, work it kind of like how they did Nia Jackson in London, where Bailey takes a beating but finds a way to win, and then have Asuka just destroy her post match and go heel. And then have mm -hmm. Bailey almost be the babyface, even as a champion, chasing Asuka for revenge, and then eventually you put Asuka over. I like this perspective that you guys are presenting here, where Bailey could. Uh, hold on to the title because my knee-jerk reaction here is Bailey loses because yeah. Asuka's such a rising star. But right. now that you guys are bringing up these points, you know, Dave, Asuka has a lot of parallels with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. She, she does. really does. She She's does. just kind of this prize fighter, just this this bad, this bad, I mean, excuse me, I can't, <laughs> I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, she she could she can afford yeah. to, to lose, and people are still going to say Oscar's going to kill you yeah. and things of that sort. Exactly, it's not going to hurt anybody. Whatever exactly. happens here, it's just going to be we're all winners, like you guys said. It's going to be great. Yeah, yes, sir. These are my two top top ladies, yeah. Dave. Yes, they are. We've gotten pretty weird about it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So, Unfortunately, this is family friendly, so we can't just say how weird we've gotten with this. So. <laughs> well, they can listen to the attitude of aggression and get. Oh yeah, the yeah please, please. There, there's a certain team that Gates is a founding member of. Not, that, uh, not safe that, for work. Yeah, both know. these girls are on that exclusive team. Okay. So we'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, any any kind of parting shots here, guys? Before we wrap up, um, anything? One, just one thing I want. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. One thing I want to say is. Uh, we didn't really get to go over it uh, because it's kind of not been official, but maybe it is. Maybe it's a little bit more I need to read up on it. But any reason why the tag team titles aren't on the line anymore? Let's just yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I don't. What I am, it, this, this is going to be what a four on three handicap match. Yeah, and the titles, yeah, are, it's it's, it's a battle for like, tag team supremacy is how it's <laughs> like, being built now. What is that? What? Why? What, or, what? Let's just have the six man tag team championship. Let's bring that back. Yeah, I mean, they're doing that in Japan right now, and it's pretty cool. The Elite is uh, rocking yeah. that gimmick pretty strong right now. It, it, I mean, it, it existed back in the old WCW days, it so did. why not? And um, I think you're doing it because of one reason, though. I think they want to protect the New Day being faces because I think they kind of did a knee-jerk reaction trying to turn their face just so they can get 
this allegiance of international flavor onto the Mania car because, I mean, granted, when you think about Sheamus, he was just a champion like a couple of months ago, and right. they're going to bury him just like that. I think they're really trying to protect the New Day because they really want to put this faction up to try to be the next heel faction to be over as a tag team, but you still want to protect the year investment that you've done with a great programming aspect with the New Day. Yeah, so I you agree. Think the, you think the league wins here? Yes. I, I really do think the league wins, and this way it protects them because it does not have them lose the title. Um, but then you might have a tag team title match, maybe at Extreme Rules or another pay per view in May or June, just at a later date, because this feud is going to continue past Mania. Well, and it builds way, sympathy. Day, it builds sympathy for New Day because we're all going to want to see them get revenge. Right, exactly. and as bad as I want to say, because New Day, like you even mentioned earlier, is the hottest thing in WWE entertainment programming right now. So why do we need to protect the New Day? But that happens when you try to turn them face, and the face card may have not been the best move for them because they were getting over as Rover's heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the way this works out is the New Day actually puts up a reasonable fight. They have to put yep. up a reasonable fight. That's the only way to you know keep the space heat. They can't just be weasels forever. But I think. Right. Sadly, and I'm a huge New Day fan. I think um, at the end of this match, they just at the end of this match, they just take a big beating from the League of Nations. Yeah, road kick for I don't everybody. Know, I don't know if it's post match or something, but I mean, I think they're gonna you know try to make some kids cry with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it goes. It either goes in that direction. Heck, I'll be crying. It either goes in that direction, or they they introduce a new element to this, which could be. It could be the Bullet Club coming up, Gallows and Anderson. You know, let's say the New Day wins and these guys jump in the ring. Talk about an X Factor. And, you know, they're the next ones to chat because there's lots of talk about them coming to the main roster around WrestleMania. There's mm-hmm. the Enzo and Big Cast Factor because those guys aren't doing anything at, at TakeOver Dallas, as far as I know. So nope. where do they come? I mean, there's lo- I mean, they've been talking about bringing those guys up forever. Yeah. So. I mean, but yeah, do you think that day. hurts Enzo and Cass if their faces and New Day is faces? Do you think that hurts Enzo and Cass? It could, unless Enzo and Cass flip heel and attack the New Day after you know, say the New Day beats League of Nations and these guys come in because Enzo and Cass could be effective heels if they let them go that they way. Could. Yeah, that that takes away from that whole shtick that they do with the soft and all that sort of stuff. But they've gotten absolute. I mean, these guys have been in NXT forever, and they're never going to give them the titles. And, and they're certainly right. not going to be able to beat American Alpha. I think I, I would imagine we're all in agreement that American Alpha takes the NXT tag titles, right? I hope so. Yeah, I really do. Yep. So. Yeah. So I think. <laughs> what, you, know, you, so you, you don't want to see Brainbusters 2.0 hold that title a little longer? No. You see, I, I think I think they are going to re- I think they are going to retain and hold them a little bit longer. I I do. Okay. I just, I, it's it's possible. They're they're really. I mean, they haven't shown it lately because they've been just kind of watering them down. And American Alpha has been so formulaic that, yeah. I mean, maybe that that's what'll happen. Kurt Angle's going to show up in their corner. And if Kurt Angle shows up, then it's all over for the. Oh my gosh, I would cry. That would be so good. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> they're done. But uh, you know, I I think I think that this match may be just a, a kind of a. Um, you know, setting the table for something else, but you guys may yeah. be right. It may just be the League of Nations just goes over and, and then, or the or the New Day wins. It could be just like they had a couple of weeks ago in Raw. The New Day wins, and then the League of Nations just beats them down. But that would be kind of it. Would seem a little bit simplistic, though. So, um, yeah, I, I think that Enzo and Cass and and the Bullet Club are the things that I'm kind of waiting to sure. see what happens. Yep. Well, I, I, I think it's funny how we set out to do a, a podcast about the upper card of WrestleMania, and lo and behold, we end up talking about TakeOver. And yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that seems to be kind of a consensus online is that Friday is going to be the best show, no question about it. And Oh, absolutely. I think WWE either has a couple aces up their sleeve or hopefully a plan to make it so that by Sunday evening what we're talking about is the main event of WrestleMania. I'm sorry, but as as long as there's a upper car pay per view on the Sunday and the NXT pay per view on a uh, Friday, I, I believe NXT is always going to be the real chatter and the real where it's going to be the real interest at. And I mm. that's even SummerSlam for me. Even with the implications of SummerSlam having so many potential people returning, I really think NXT Brooklyn is going to still be the highlight of that week. Yeah, I think unless unless they link those two matches together at the end like we've kind sure. of speculated then that changes things a lot if they go if they actually do that and and set this up so that roman reigns is actually what he should be which is this monster heel 
then yeah, WrestleMania 32 could be very memorable for a long time. But if they play it safe, and then like we're saying, if it, if it really is just our hope as far as reality, then yeah, WrestleMania 32 is going to be mediocre at best, and uh, NXT Takeover is just going to absolutely clobber it. Yeah. Well. We're fortunate over here that we have tickets to both, so hopefully we see something awesome either way. Um, I think you guys are in good shape, man. Well, and then we get to see the fellows in Ring of Honor on Saturday, and we know you guys get to see the Stinger go into the Hall of Fame on Saturday night. That's going to be really cool, too. Um, And the the Freebirds in Dallas. We'll be high for Snoop Dogg. No, 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 no. Screw Snoop Dogg, too. We got the Godfather. All aboard! Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Freebirds will be a a really interesting moment, too. And the Freebirds. We just need to find those guys and party with them afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Freebirds, Snoop. Flair, Godfather, you've got your Dallas party. Oh, my yeah. goodness. You've got oh your Dallas party. So, clearly we're not going to see Gator again after after that weekend. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't expect we'll set up after we get off the plane. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I think I think that's going to do it for us tonight on the Big Hope Out Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Dave and Gator, this was an absolute blast. We want to give you a chance to kind of – plug your programming so that any listener of ours can check you guys out as well. So go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Roll that beautiful bean footage, yeah, Dave. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having us on your show, and, and I hope very much that we could have you on our show in the near future. Absolutely. Um, the Yeah, we, we look forward to that. We are the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can reach us by email at attitudeofaggression at gmail.com. The website is www.attitudeofaggression.com where all the podcast episodes are there. You can stream them for free. Uh, you can go to Facebook, Attitude of Aggression, uh, or facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression, and please hit the like button. You can follow us at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, or on Instagram, at Attitude of Aggression, one word. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, listen to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher. We're on Google Play, assuming that's actually launched. It's um, it's not no. yet because we're waiting to get at we're waiting on that as well. But yeah, I think it's coming in the next few months. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, we're and and yeah, the website and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, check us out. Give us a listen. We uh, I, I will warn your listeners in advance. We are not family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're pretty extremely explicit content. But as you can see, we can be subdued when we have to. Yeah, be. Yeah, you guys were absolute gentlemen tonight. We. But if you want to learn about that exclusive team that Bailey and Oscar are on, then please, yeah, you've got to tune into the Attitude of Aggression. <laughs> all right. And find out all about. <laughs> woo! Yeah. Woo! Oh indeed. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for the show tonight at BGB group on Twitter and all the other plugs that you heard in the intro music and, uh, attitude of aggression guys. We thank you for your, uh, joining us tonight. We yes. look forward to meeting up with you guys in Dallas sometime this weekend. Yeah, we will see you guys there and safe travels guys. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same, to you. same to you guys. And, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, you can check out some of the articles we put up and some of the excerpts I put up on the podcast feed. And this will probably do it for us until we get to Dallas and record some content. Be the first time the five of us have actually recorded in the same room together since we started this thing. So we're really looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you guys over WrestleMania weekend. Thanks. Thanks.